Hi, Joe. How you doing? Doing all right. Holding out? Holding out. Good morning, everyone. You all right? These lot are more tired than I am. Yeah, mate. Good gym up. Okay, let's get our best attention to Joe. Thank you, Stephen. Okay, good morning, everybody. I like that. It's like being in school. Uh, we're day three. We're feeling a little bit tired. I'm a little bit tired. So, but we're still going to go at it this morning. Yesterday, well, let's do a quick recap. Day one. We've been looking at the story of Ruth, haven't we? Day one, we looked at the character of Naomi and we looked at the idea that God has a plan. Even though everyone was dying around there and things were difficult, God has a plan. Yesterday, we looked at man like Boaz and this idea that he then comes and he provides for Ruth. God provides even when we don't really expect it. And this morning, uh, well, I guess we finished yesterday with Naomi very excited about Boaz, who's come on the scene. And today we're going to look at the main character of the story, the, the character who the, the book is written about, the character Ruth. The book is called Ruth. And we're going to spend some time looking at Ruth together today. And I want to quickly say this. If you're looking for a role model, you haven't got to look any further than the character of Ruth. For the girls and the boys here, she is a, an, an amazing role model. One of the things that I find really hard is for your generation. In, that, in, in your generation, there's so many rubbish role models for you, all the music artists that you listen to. Lots of them, they're not the best role models. And we don't always have the best people to look up to. But the character of Ruth, we will see today, is a great role model for all of us. And um, as I was preparing this message, a song kept coming to mind, uh, which reminded me of, I think, our scene yesterday, Ruth and Boaz, you know, a little bit of a relationship starting. It's a song that... Not many of you will probably know it, actually. Uh, I doubt any of you will know it, but it's a song that uh, I'm going to get the Sandman to play for me just now, and, and you'll see if you, you too remind you of the story. Okay, let's go. Baby, this is what you came for. Everyone on their feet, come on. Everyone on their feet. Everyone on their feet. Everyone on their feet. Okay. And everybody's watching her. Sing it, sing it Now let me be perfectly clear, Ruth is nothing like Rihanna, okay? They are very, very different people, Ruth and Rihanna, but the song, you know, in a way, we think about Ruth, she's walking across the field, everyone's looking at her, okay? But she's looking at Boaz. Okay, she's looking at his, Boaz feels like lightning is striking every time that she's moving. And uh, he's definitely looking at her. But Ruth is looking back that way. Now, we're going to carry on looking at the story of Ruth. We're going to listen to it a little bit like we did yesterday. And um, tell you what, can I just get a big shout out? A good friend of mine, Indiana, she's been reading the story for us. Have a shout out for Indiana. Okay. She's been reading the story for me. She's doing a great job. And so let's uh, listen to Ruth chapter 3. One day, Ruth's mother-in-law Naomi said to her, My daughter, I must find a home for you where you will be well provided for. Now Boaz, with whose women you have worked, is a relative of ours. Tonight, he'll be winnowing the barley on the threshing floor. Wash, put on some perfume and get dressed in your best clothes. Then go down to the threshing floor. 
but don't let him know you are there until he has finished eating and drinking. When he lies down, note the place where he is lying. Then go, uncover his feet and lie down. He will tell you what to do. I will do whatever you say, Ruth answered. So she went down to the threshing floor and did everything her mother-in-law told her to do. When Boaz had finished eating and drinking and was in good spirits, she went to lie down at the far end of the grain pile. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the story of Ruth. We thank you for the Bible that it is alive and it is true for us today. The same that it was thousands of years ago when this story was written. And we pray that as we look at this character of Ruth today, you'll speak to us about how she can be a good role model to us and all the things we can learn from her in Jesus' name. Amen. So, that little extract there, Ruth and Naomi, that Naomi's chatting to Ruth about moving to Boaz, about maybe making a little bit of a move to him. They've been preying each other for a little while. So if you don't know what that means, it, uh, you know, if you're preying someone, you're just sort of checking them out a little bit. She's been on, up and down his timeline on Instagram. She's just looking at a few of his photos. He's been doing the same to her. They're getting to know each other a little bit, okay? And Naomi decides she's going to give Ruth some advice. And I thought we should look at these advice. She gives her maybe three things. The first advice is a fantastic bit of advice. And it's something that actually I'm going to tell all of you to do. Some of you, lots of you need this piece of advice. It's very profound and it's very deep. Wash. (laughs) Have a wash. Clean yourself. Hands up if you haven't had a shower yet since you've been here. I tell you what, I don't know. I don't know when that became like a cool thing to do. Where I'm from, if you don't shower, you're just dirty. It's just like, you're just, you're just nasty. Like, so if that's what you like to do, honestly, it's in the Bible. Wash. Yeah? It's there. It's clear. You can't argue with it. Have a wash. The second bit of advice, get some perfume on. Put on, some, put on a little bit of spray. You're allowed to wear deodorant. You are allowed. Teenage boys especially, you are allowed to wear deodorant. Even if it's that Lynx box set that your auntie got you for Christmas, okay? Wear it, please. Especially after the football tournament yesterday, there was lots of boys that are just, you pick, you pick up some smells. And if you're going to come in the ribbon factory, we might start a policy where you have to wear something to come in because some of you, you do smell a little bit. But it's okay, we still do love you. Now, the next bit of advice is... Um, you can, we can only sort of think, what, what the heck is that about? If you were following, or if you've ever read this, it's very confusing. I'm going to read it again to you, and we'll see what we, we make of it. Then, go down to the threshing floor, but don't let him know you're, you're there until he's finished eating and drinking. When he lies down, note the place where he was lying, then go and uncover his feet and lie down. He'll tell you what to do. Before I say anything about that, Do not, I repeat, do not try and use this as an excuse to go into a boys' tent or a girls' tent that's camped on your campsite and say it's in the Bible, okay? You cannot do that. You cannot say, Joe told you to do that, because I will deny it, and I will say that it didn't happen, and I'm going to explain to you a little bit about that, because if you're like me, that just sounds really weird, and it is a little bit strange. Sometimes there is strange things in the Bible, and that's all right. There's ways we can explain that. You have to remember, this piece of advice that Naomi gave to Ruth is 3,000 years old. 
Yeah? 3,000. The way that men and women interacted then was very, very different. And the way I would describe it like this, I've got, uh, me and my granddad, we're pretty close. And if I went around my granddad's house, now, I've got a girlfriend, so we wouldn't be having this conversation. But if I was single, my granddad might say to me, oh, Joe, is there any girls on the scene for you? And I might say, hey, I've been sliding into a few DMs, granddad. And he would say to me, he would say to me, what? You've been sly tackling girls? He thinks DM's a football position, you know, defensive midfielder. He would be completely and utterly confused. Because the way that you lot interact with each other and the way that we do it in 2016 is different from when my granddad was young. You didn't have Instagram. You didn't have Snapchat. That wasn't the way that you interacted. It was different. And 3,000 years ago, the way that people interacted, think about it, it's very, very different. It changes very often. And so even it's still a little bit weird, but the way that men and women would approach one another was very different. So we're, we're always going to be, it's called the context of the time. Yeah, the time it was written and what was going on. We're not going to understand it. And um, what I thought was what we'll do is we'll listen to the rest of the story. So we'll see how this starts to play out. And then I'm going to explain that interaction to you a little bit more. So let's listen to the rest of our chapter three. Ruth approached quietly, uncovered his feet and lay down. In the middle of the night, something startled the man. He turned and there was a woman lying at his feet. Who are you? He asked. I am your servant, Ruth, she said. Spread the corner of your garment over me, since you are a guardian redeemer of our family. The Lord bless you, my daughter, he replied. This kindness is greater than that which you have showed earlier. You have not run after other young men, whether rich or poor. And now, my daughter, don't be afraid. I will do for you all you ask. All the people of my town know that you are a woman of noble character. Although it is true that I am a guardian redeemer of your family, there is another who is more closely related than I. Stay here for the night, and in the morning, if he wants to do his duty as your guardian redeemer, good, let him redeem you. But if he is not willing, as surely as the Lord lives, I will do it. Lie here until morning. So she lay at his feet until morning, but got up before anyone could be recognised. And he said, No one must know that a woman came to the threshing floor. He also said, Bring me the shawl you're wearing and hold it out. When she did so, he poured into it six measures of barley and placed the bundle on her. Then he went back to town. When Ruth came to her mother-in-law, Naomi said, How did it go, my daughter? Then she told her everything Boaz had done for her and added, He gave me these six measures of barley, saying, Don't go back to your mother-in-law empty-handed. Then Naomi said, Wait, my daughter, until you find out what happens, for the man will not rest until the matter is settled today. Hands up if you still think this interaction's a little bit weird. Me too. If it was in 2016, Naomi is basically saying... Find Boaz on Instagram, send him a little DM and see if he replies. And if he replies, then maybe we could strike something up. And what I thought I would do just to help you out is give you an image of probably what their DM conversation would have looked like. So it's probably going to come on the screen now. It starts off with Boaz. Yo, Boaz. So Ruth messages Boaz. Yo, Boaz, you cool? Who's this? Your profile's private. Little emoji. Suspicious. It's your girl, Ruth. She rolls her eyes because she knows that Boaz really knows who she is. 
you know, her name is Ruth in her Instagram page. Even if it's private, he knows. I wondered if you'd be up for hanging out. You could be my redeemer. Prayer hands. The Lord bless you. Three prayer hands. He's keen. He's really thankful to God at this time. You have been kind. You could have messaged any of the other younger and better looking boys, but you messaged me. I'm 100% up for hanging out. Love heart emoji. He's in. He's up for it. She replies. She doesn't even need text. How many of you just reply with emojis? Most of you. Or just comment on Instagram with emojis. I see it. I quite like it. Ah, flip. This is Boaz. I forgot there's another guy that might want to be your redeemer and make you his girl. He's closer with you and your family, so I better check with him. I'll hold at you tomorrow. Ah, okay. Speak soon. That is basically their interaction. That's how you lot would do it this day and age. That's how they did it back then. And so they have this conversation where they want to get together and they want to get to know each other and they're, and they're trying to work things out. But basically, there's this other guy that Boaz is talking about. There's a guy who's really close to your family and he could make, he maybe want to redeem you and I'm respectful, I'm a man of integrity. If he wants to do that, listen, I'm going to have to let him do that. So I'm going to check with him. I don't want to snake nobody. And if he's not up for it, then I'll chat back to you. And Ruth says, okay, I get that, that's fine. So that's that bit. We understand that bit now, do we? Good. The next bit of weirdness is the phrase, spread your blanket over me. Again, I repeat, do not spread your blanket over anybody at New Day. If you're in my youth, we will send you home. Okay. I want to be very clear. All that means, this is very, it's a symbol. This day and age, when people get married, they exchange rings, don't they? It's a symbol. It says, you're mine, I'm yours. We're committed to one another. Spreading your blanket over someone, all she's saying is, I want to be protected by you. I want to come underneath your covering. I want people to know that I'm yours. So it's almost like a, a covering. It's not going to get under his blanket. She's saying, I want to come under your protection. And so that's what that little piece of advice is there. And so they have this interaction. Ruth goes back to Naomi and, and she tells her all has happened. And again, she's just completely gassed. She is so happy. And that's basically where chapter three ends. Boaz, who's a very good and decent man, is uh, with Ruth, who is a, very, is a woman of good character. And we see that it could all come together for a big finale tomorrow in chapter 4. And we'll see how their story finally ends. But before we do that, I just want to slow down a little bit and rewind. Anybody been to Fort Park? Make some noise. Who's been on the ride stealth? Yes. What a ride. One time I went to Fort Park with my school. I think we did a trip in year 9. It was carnage. Um, mainly because all of the schools went and you had to queue up about an hour and 20 minutes for a ride. So I think we went on two rides. And um, there's a picture of stealth that's going to come up. And that particular year, when I was at Fort Park, we went on stealth. And you know, the way that stealth works is a big cart and it basically propels you forward and your momentum takes you up and over and you fall back down again. See if we've got that picture for those of you that haven't seen the ride stealth. It's basically, I think it's 200 feet high, it goes up and down. Now, when I went on this ride stealth, sometimes it happens very occasionally. The momentum takes you, it gets you up to the top, and you don't quite make it. And so you just fall back down. And so you're going backwards, and you slide all the way back down until you get to the bottom. And it's very, very scary, and you kind of relive it. Now, today, we're sort of going to relive chapters one to three. We kind of got up to the top of our story, and it's about to really fly back down. I like roller coasters. But we're just going to slow down and sort of go back and look at Ruth in chapters 1 
to and free. And I'm going to show you three things why she's a fantastic role model. Three things. The first thing about Ruth is this. She is loyal. Ruth is a very loyal woman. When Naomi, things go wrong, Orpah, the other daughter-in-law, she's ready just to jump ship. She's like, I'm out of here. You know, don't worry, I'm going to go and do what I've got to do. But Ruth says this, your God will be my God, your people will be my people. The only thing that's going to separate me and you is death. That's what she says to Naomi. The only way I'm leaving you is if I die. In your culture, you get taught this. Look out for number one. Make sure you're okay. Make sure you're all right. As long as you're all right, that's okay. Don't worry about other people. That's what we get taught from a very young age. But the Bible teaches something very, very different. And we see it time and time again. It says, actually, consider others before yourself. Look out for other people before you look out for your own self. And Ruth here is an amazing example of that. She knows that it's not going to be, there's nothing that she can gain by hanging out with Naomi, she thinks. But she says, you know what? I'm going to be loyal. I'm going to stick by you. And as Christians, we need to be those people who are loyal to our friends and to our family, who stick by people when things are tough, when there's nothing that we can gain. We're not doing it because we think, oh, maybe I'm going to get something out of it. No, we're just doing it because we're good, loyal people who want to worship God in what we're doing, and we want to show people that they can be loved by us the way that God loves us. And so we have to be loyal people. That's the first thing we learn about Ruth. The second thing is Ruth is a hard worker. Now, that might be a weird thing to pick out, but I do it because I'm an English teacher in a school. Secondary school, I teach kids year seven to year 10. And um, I've noticed, it's the same when I was in school, right? If you work hard in secondary school, it's seen as something that is negative. It's really weird. I don't know if it's still the same, but when I was in school, you get called a geek or a nigger, whatever words you get called now. There's like a negative stigma attached to those who really want to work hard and do well, especially when you're in year seven, eight, and nine, like many of you are. But it's just ridiculous. Ruth, it says that she gleaned all day. She had a small break. She could have been sulking around, you know, moaning, being upset. But instead, she thought, you know what? I'm going to go out and work hard. As Christians, we should be people who work hard. The Bible says, whatever you do, whether you eat or drink or sleep, do it to the worship of God. So when you're going, there's a little pizza stand over there. When you're going to get your little pizza slice, when you're at dinner today, the Bible says you can eat and, well, many of you like to sleep in my campsite, I can tell you that. You can sleep to the worship of God. Whatever you're doing, when you're at school trying to work hard, you can do that as an act of worship to God. And that's the second thing we get from Ruth. And the third thing is the most important thing. The third thing is, is, is very important. Ruth, we looked at this yesterday. Ruth understands how to receive grace. Ruth understands that she doesn't deserve anything that's happening to her. It, none of it is earned. There's nothing that she can do to receive it. But she receives it anyway with a thankful heart. And I think there's lots of us here today. In fact, I know there's many of us that are Christians and we, we struggle with this idea of grace. We struggle to receive grace. We, maybe you've come to New Day again this year. And you've come to New Day. And in the back of your mind, you're thinking, you come to New Day every year. But last year, you know, last year was great. But I know the last year, I haven't, I haven't, I haven't been reading my Bible. I've not been praying. I don't really go to church all the time. I've been talking about people at school. I've done this, I've done that. And we think, oh, God won't, you know, how can God really love me in that way? How will God receive me? 
We're trying to earn God's love, so many of us. We think, if I do this and this and this, then God will love me and accept me. It's complete and utter rubbish, and it's not what it says in the Bible. The Bible is so clear. There is nothing that you can do that will make God love you more, and there is nothing that you can do that will make God love you less. Literally nothing. And so you might be here, you know you're a Christian, but you're carrying around this shame. You're carrying around this guilt, this condemnation, thinking, ah, oh, but Joe, you, you don't know what I've done. You, you don't know the way that I think. You don't know how I act. You don't know. I don't know. But, I mean, God does know. He knows all things. And he literally says, you come before him. You repent. That means you turn around. You repent. You say, God, I'm sorry for what I've done. I, I've recognized that I'm doing things that I shouldn't be doing. I'm going to turn away from that. And I, I don't deserve it. I haven't earned it. But I want to receive your grace. And he literally says, my son, my daughter, I love you, you're in. Every time. Every time. In the first five years of me being a Christian, and even to this very day, there's times now when I forget this. And I spend loads of time trying to do lots of things to earn God's love. I think if I did more of this, if I did more of that, then maybe God would love me a little bit more. And it's rubbish. There's no good news about that. The Bible is called the good news, the gospel. We call it the good news. And the good news is this, is that Jesus loves you regardless of what you're doing as long as we come before him, acknowledge that we're doing wrong. Say, God, I know I'm doing wrong and I repent of it. I turn away from it. I say, I'm not going to do that anymore. I want you to help me with this. But I want to know your grace and I'm thankful for it. And so we're going to do that today. Because I know there's many of you, you've come to a new day and, and you love it. It's great, isn't it? We're all, everyone's here, there's worship and there's great talks and we're all Christians. But in three weeks' time, we're going to be back at school. And it's going to be difficult and you're going to be there thinking, ah, oh, you know, at new day I was praying all the time, but I've not prayed in weeks. It doesn't matter. God loves you just the same. And so I'm going to finish by saying, I'm going to invite the band to come back up. We're going, to have a, we're going to have a little bit of time to just to respond to some of this stuff. Because I know there's many of you who do. You need to come before God, repent of some stuff and say, God, can I be someone who receives your grace this morning? I'm a Christian, but I need to receive it again. I do that daily. Every single morning I wake up, I say, God, I'm so thankful. I don't deserve it. I haven't earned it. Give me, thank you for your grace. The book of Ruth, we've seen it is an amazing love story about Boaz and Ruth, to a point, to a point, this love story. But it's also a, a love story about God and us. God has a plan. God provides, and God freely pours out his grace to all those who are willing to receive it. I'm going to pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for grace. We thank you that we haven't got to strive and earn and chase after it. We haven't got to complete tasks. We haven't got to jump over hurdles. We haven't got to tick a box. But you freely pour out your grace to us. We thank you that it's available to us all. And I pray, that, I pray right now that in this room... Many who are feeling shamed and condemned and feel guilty, God, they, they will experience your grace again this morning. The grace of the Father. The love of the Father. 
come, Lord. Amen.